suck my dog suck my dog suck my dog <laughs> hello lovely people and welcome to suck my dog this is an amazing stupendous podcast about two people and their opinion about documentaries i guess i mean stick around and you'll see it's me gabby and me colin and we are two Mimi's. fans of documentaries <laughs> and we would love to discuss them with you I imagine if you're listening, you're saying, I don't want to discuss them with you. And we would say, okay. You're not in the conversation anyway, so why would you want to? Yeah. You know? Exactly. Don't. <laughs> don't discuss it with us. Go masturbate more. Because <laughs> that's what the world needs. No, but... I mean, we're married, we don't masturbate anymore. So yeah, you should definitely do it for us. This is our first episode. Thank you. Yeah, it and, is. And this is amazing to start a new venture. Mm -hmm. um, today we're going to be talking about two really, really interesting documentaries. Both of us, one is called The Family That Walks on All Fours. And mm -hmm. I haven't seen it, but Gabby has. Mm -hmm. So she's going to explain it to me and talk about it, about what you liked and didn't like and all that jazz. Meanwhile, I've seen The 13th. Hmm. An amazing documentary. Which I haven't seen. That you haven't seen. So this is perfect. Yeah. So we're going to be talking about those in a bit. But first, probably we should tell people about who we are. Why they're listening. Why do we have to say that? Well, otherwise we're just anonymous. And there's just two people in a dark room talking about documentaries. But that's so mysterious and interesting, though. <laughs> I like how you're leaning in. Gabby's doing like a children's mystery novel reading or something. <laughs> It is like my it. first podcast, guys. Just bear, bear with me. No, you're nailing bear it. Bear with me. All right, so a little bit about us. Um, I am in the rat race of Hollywood screenwriter career chasing. Ooh. And, uh, you know, how do, we, how do we come? Well, let me frame it this way. How did we come to documentaries, right? Mm -hmm. Not come. I'm not talking about that, Gabby, you know? What? I didn't say I anything. saw you looking at me when I said it. I'm talking about, you know, how did we arrive at wanting to talk about documentaries? For me, you know, I wasn't always into documentaries, you know? I, I, I'm out here in the rat wheel, you know, chasing the screenwriting. Fiction. Yeah, of not, not of fiction. Narrative Stories. filmmaking. And what I've found, and maybe other some other people can relate to this, is when you're doing something like that, the last thing you want to do in your spare time is do more of it. And the thing that they don't tell you when you start pursuing screenwriting and directing and stuff like that is it pretty much ruins the viewing experience for you because every time you're watching totally. something, all you're thinking about is, oh, I wonder, oh, nice move, nice, nice... Uh, Oh, they established the stakes there. Oh, nice structural move there or whatever. Mm -hmm. You're not just losing yourself in the story anymore. So it becomes uh, not as fun. So the thing that you love doing, you know, that made you want to do this in the first place kind of goes away. Yeah. But that being said, I've found ways, you know, certain time periods when I'm comfortable, you know, watching something. Mm -hmm. 
watching like a narrative film. But the thing that I've found that I can watch while I'm writing, while I'm working on projects is documentaries because it doesn't sort of interfere with the process at all, you know? Mm -hmm. um, it enhances it, would you say? Yeah, well, it's like they're more, I mean, don't get me wrong, a great documentary will make you emotional. True. But I find that, I, I, as Gabby can attest to, I like these really dry ones. <laughs> Really dry documentaries. We saw one last night. We're not gonna talk about it, but yeah, so maybe her... maybe next week, guys. We'll see. Yeah, I made her watch something that was very boring. But <laughs> that being said, you are actually qualified professionally to talk about documentaries because you have a background in producing them. Well, I don't know about that, but yeah, for a little while I did produce a couple of documentaries back in Romania, where I'm from originally. Yes, Gabby is from Romania. That that cute, adorable accent you heard is Stop. a Romanian accent. Stop. <laughs> Which I'm trying to get rid of because I want to be an actress in Hollywood. And, you know, you have to be super versatile with that kind of stuff. So, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I did produce a few documentaries. Uh, Do you want to mention what they were? I, no. One of them was an amazing one that I, that that's still making the rounds. Yeah, but this is not about that. Maybe later on. Maybe we'll do a review of that one. Maybe, maybe we'll see. We'll see if we get requests. But she only does, if we get requests. But you have had a, a. I mean, I think that's important to say because, you know, again, why listen to this? Why 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 listen to Colin and Gabby talk about gaps? Gaps? <laughs> is that a new? Th that that's. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about gaps between... Uh, Gabbing about gab. <laughs> about the gap between the subway station and the subway. No, um, mine the gap. Um, That's what he said. No, but like, why, why listen to us talk about documentaries? Well, because you have some qualifications. One of us does. The other one of us is fucking moron. No, <laughs> no I think we both um, have qualifications. We both went to film school and we love obviously stories and mostly stories surrounding really interesting characters and how you find out from my perspective about interesting characters. You don't just like run into them all day, every day, you know, you get uh, access through documentaries through news articles through you know other counts from yeah, other people and, that's true. and i think for me it is really inspiring and uh i don't know just just overall interesting to just see this analysis of different people and uh you know their quirks and their particular you know that is life what, stories. Yeah, that is exactly what I love is the access to people's lives. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why right now, and really probably the last five years, everything has just exploded because, I mean, in terms of documentaries oh, yeah. and access to documentaries, people are just, you know, who would have thought? Like if 10 years ago, yeah, if you exactly. walked into like a studio and said like, yeah, I want to produce a documentary, they'd be like, get the fuck out of here. Who are you? You know, like arrest him, you know, <laughs> but it was like, Something happened. I don't know. I guess we just I, part part of it probably happened because Hollywood movies got so kind of divorced of humanity. Mm -hmm. I think it's part of it. Mm -hmm. So there became this demand for just being able to look at another person person in the face yeah. and see what their experience is. It's like you don't need more than that. And I think you know if you look at the success of like Periscope or all these new apps that are coming out. Oh, absolutely. You know, it's like yeah. it's giving you the instant access to someone's life, and it's just 
so worlds above you know just watching a really bland hollywood film that doesn't have any humanity or it's just all about yeah. you know just rehashing the same recipe the same whatever characters that we've seen over right. and over and over again stereotypes and just you know yeah kind of are emptiness. not interesting anymore and because like you said people have all this access to other people different youtubers because yeah. you know, i'm into youtube as you know and you'll find out <laughs> <laughs> um it is it, it just stinks when you watch a hollywood movie and it just like reeks of lack of authenticity like why right. why would you want to do that when you have access to real people and their lives and it's yeah. a lot more interesting to watch exactly and and that's that's the thing too. If you look at, I mean, if you look at the way that film actually began, it was with documenting things, mm -hmm. simple things in life that were became suddenly fascinating when you saw them on screen. The train arriving, sure. the strong man, the you know, like, uh, you know, I've seen these films from 1914 where they're just just the San Francisco skyline, mm -hmm. you know, which it, nobody saw. Yeah, they before. were just like, oh my god, if you lived in, you know, uh, South Carolina or some, you know, somewhere on the East Coast at the time, you never saw that. So to see it on screen, you were like, oh my god, I was transported, you know. And now look, we're doing the same thing. We're like, oh my god, I find myself, you know, I'm on Periscope at night because I'm lonely. <laughs> you know, we don't need to talk about it, okay? <laughs> so I'm on Periscope, and I'm watching like, uh, you know, somebody in Saudi Arabia prepare for their morning prayer you know and i'm just enthralled he's a weirdo you guys That's not creepy does. not creepy i'm not doing it for those reasons I'm just honestly looking at somebody living their life and i think that's what was missing for a long time but now it's suddenly back and we're getting yeah. all these great documentary films yeah so with that being said why don't we get into the films of the day well let's do it yeah sure all right so gabby will go first her film has the longest title ever created in the history <laughs> of film. It's called The Family That Walks on All Fours. Yeah, it sounds really weird, but it's actually Well, tell us what's about. What's what's going on with this film? Um, first of all, it's free on YouTube because I watch all kinds of free media on YouTube. And I thought there was this was actually a good example of one of these classic formats that they use for National Geographic or Discovery. This was produced by BBC, actually. Mm. And they tend to do things a little better. I don't know why or how or better, whatever. Better, like, in, how, how would you say that, like, BBC is better than another kind of documentary? I don't know. I, I think they use less cliches. They really like to dig in their characters and just show what makes them unique i feel like well I, I feel like american documentaries are a bit more removed and kind of flashy if that makes any sense but, well so was this a documentary that was made for like cinema and stuff or was it no, for no, tv no this was made for tv okay because i found that too like with bbc like you know we have tlc right which mm -hmm. is garbage wrapped up in a redneck flag or something I don't, I don't know what it is but like it's just like the most sideshowy exploitative crap. exactly exactly the sideshow element is huge here for some reason and that's what you know but i think maybe over there it seems like they put a little bit more emphasis in the 
human story aspect of things. Yeah, and you would think with a title like that, it would be very sideshowy. Yeah, I mean, they still cover, you know, they're like, hey, check out this obese woman. Let's, you know, follow her for a year. But like, they just do it in a little, with a little less, hey, look at her. You know, like that, that's, mm -hmm. you know, that kind of creepy voyeur thing. Yeah, and I think it's like less emphasis of the, on the drama of it because the way they cover those stories, this is complete, uh, we're going on a complete. Yeah, we should probably stick to the document. Uh, yeah. But yeah, just real quick. Um, when there is a dramatic story, I see that, you know, in American documentaries for TV, they do focus on the drama, 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 you know. Uh, meanwhile, the British, for some reason, have just a, a lot of, um, they do like to go for the humor in every situation. Right, right, right. And they have that kind of dark dry humor mm -hmm. but you, you never just see a drama and, right you know and you get bored <laughs> by watching it yeah. you know what i mean well it's good to know so this was made for tv yeah and it's called the, the man that stare at goats oh, okay the family that walks on all, <laughs> all fours, fours. Okay. yeah so what's it about like what well it is exactly about that it's a family that walks on all fours no um it's it's about a how do I put this? It is about a family in Turkey. Okay. Uh, there's like a remote village in Turkey. Um, and the family I think has about 15 members, five of which two brothers and three sisters just walk on all fours. And it's a medical mystery to this day. Mm. They don't know exactly what what is going on there um there's actually a, a turkish scientist that came up with a theory that they might be the missing link between uh, like apes and humans basically mm. wait so first off for some reason when you say they walk on all fours i'm imagining them walking like like if you're reaching behind you <laughs> and on your back no, like that, that crap. But I know they're not. But for some reason, that's what I think of when funny. I think of all fours. But they're not. So they're crawling on their uh, forward. Do, so do you know those crazy fitness routines, those hit workouts, and sometimes they they make you like do a bear walk. Yeah. That that's basically how they walk. They don't walk like a toddler. They have their hands on the ground and their feet. But not not on their knees or anything. So they, they kind of do like a weird bear crawl. It looks very uncomfortable. So do they have a um? Is it is it like spina bifida or something like where their no. their spine is built to to be you almost would, like an animal? You would think that, but no, their spine is perfectly normal. Everything is perfectly normal. It's just they walk like that, and scientists were completely baffled for a while until, of course, some Western scientists went there and started analyzing the genetics. Uh, yeah, like what what was really going on there. But what was really interesting was that this Turkish scientist had a really good case uh, and was making actually a really good case about them, like some sort of ancestral gene surfacing mm -hmm. and uh, making them walk like that so his theory was all about them being like a uh, 
yeah, like a living fossil, like huh. the the missing link, you know, like that that gene that made us, you know, mm. transform from walking on all fours, like quadruple walking to bipedal walking, you know. So, so does it start with them? I imagine they sort of show their life now. Like they, how do they live? I mean, yeah, I mean, it's it's. A do you really walk into core... the? Do you crawl into the job interview? And is that how it works? I mean, it seems like that would be really difficult. Yeah, I mean, it is. It is a really poor village and a really poor family, and they live very very simple lives. Okay. Uh, I think they're farmers and sheep herders from okay. what I remember. So they don't really need to be, you know, in contact with modern, you know, yeah, everything. So, um, yeah, I. Uh, so they make the, so they make their days doing this, and then somebody came to study them, mm -hmm. and they started seeing genetic links and started thinking possibly this was the missing link between apes and humans. Yeah, and that's the thing with these documentaries. I feel like they they present like a big mystery at the beginning, and then you kind of slowly put things together and realize, well, they just kind of blew it out of proportion at the beginning. Oh, with you know. So, so did they tell them like I mean, what were what were their opinions about their life at the beginning? I mean, did, were they suffering or were they? cool with this or I mean they didn't seem like they were suffering and this is uh, this is like maybe 15 minutes into the documentary when we actually go into the village and see them before this it's all about the missing link you know human yeah. evolution and all that stuff yeah and then we follow these scientists uh, actually go there and meet them and we as spectators meet them and it's very clear from their facial expression that they have some sort of uh, mental problems. So some sort of like mental yeah. retardation. Mm. Um, so it's very clear that something is going on. And it's on. all of them. It's the husband, wife, and No, it, it's just these five children out of the nine. Oh, okay. there, There's nine children in the family. Uh. And five of them have this condition. The others are perfectly normal. Mm -hmm. Um. So uh, they start analyzing that they start doing all kinds of tests, including genetic tests, and they do find a gene, a gene issue that mm -hmm. runs in the family. Uh, and they also do what are those called? CAT scans? Yeah. Or, yeah. CT, CAT scan. Oh, MRI. Uh, I think MRI. Yeah. They do MRIs and they realize their cerebellum is abnormally small. Mm hmm. And that's the part of the brain responsible for uh, balance. Okay. And yeah. So the oh, so it's more of a balance thing. Mm -hmm. It's not yeah, so much that yeah. they can't. That, 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 that would explain. Yeah, and that that is actually the big mystery. So then, so then it becomes sort of like oh, they weren't the missing link. They yeah. just have a small cerebellum. Yeah, but there's still kind of a debate because the local scientists still think that they have this major discovery right. on their hands and it's not that and the problem the problem with this whole scenario is um they actually believe that so much that they mm -hmm. didn't they didn't help these children when they have a chance they had a chance because yeah. right now they're adults right and this is how they walk because when they were developing they they 
had really bad balance, a right. really bad sense of balance because of this disorder, mm -hmm. this genetic disorder. Yeah. And it would have been a lot easy to fix back then, right. you know. And what they do in the documentary at the very end, they just give them a um, a walker, like a regular yeah, walker to balance themselves. To balance themselves, <laughs> and they just they start walking normally, uh, and yeah. you know. But it's it's just it's just one of those cases, I guess, where scientists just get ahead of themselves. Yeah. And you know. They, yeah. they think they, they have some major discovery on their hands. And that, that that is not to say, I mean, you know, people like to look at cases like these and um, and say, well, you know, that means evolution never happened. We had, we never found the missing link. We never, you know. Yeah. But that is definitely not the case here. This is just, no. you know, a, a really interesting medical mystery. Sure. Because this particular syndrome was not known before mm -hmm. they studied this family and yeah. they gave the syndrome the name of the Turkish doctor that found it. Right. You know. It makes me think of two things. It makes me think one of how in these like these shows like this, these medical mm -hmm. mystery shows, they always tease like a huge question. Could exactly. they be the missing link That's what to, they a, do. to a missing civilization? And then you're watching it and you're going like, I don't think it's the, the, and they're like, it could be, but then there's evidence that it might be. And you're like, oh, mm -hmm. I don't know. And it just sort of like, you see through it from the beginning, you know? Yeah. But in this particular case, that's what I wanted to say. Uh, it, it, they do actually make a good point about the missing link because they have trouble finding a disorder that matches what they have. You know, right, this right. is not, this is, was never recorded in the medical history. Yeah. So that's why they think, well, maybe, you know, it could be. And because they they have such an easy time walking that way. Right. You know, they thought, well, you know, obviously at some point we did walk this way. So was, so what, so does sort of like, uh, you know, a mental slowing of the mental faculties, whatever the PC term yeah, is now. Yeah, it's, it's they, definitely that, and so, also so, balance. So maybe they wouldn't be as, as able to communicate what was the problem with them, you know? Oh yeah, no, right? they, they definitely, uh, it just seems like their mental capacity is diminished. Right, okay, well then that makes sense, you know? Yeah. Because if, 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 you, if you were working with all your faculties, you could be like, well, one day I tried to walk and then I fell over and now I'm walking, you know, you could like, mm -hmm explain it maybe a little better I don't know. yeah but it was interesting just because the debate had been going on for years yeah until they finally figured out that this is a whole new syndrome uh, yeah. a whole new genetic syndrome and also they went as far as to do an anthropological analysis and to compare their walk to how an ape walks yeah basically and it was very similar until uh, a group of anthropologists, uh, I can't say anthropologists, anthropologists yeah. <laughs> um, said, well, you know, when they walk laterally, they should be walking more in a diagonal fashion because that's how apes walk and things like mm -hmm. that. They just found this like really small difference right. that they kind of latched on to it. And they said like, yeah, no, that's not. But the reality is like, if you look at the human anatomy versus uh, an ape, anatomy you know we do have 
shorter hands, sure, shorter arms, yeah, and we would walk differently. You know, it makes me think though. The other thing I was gonna say is that perhaps like this, you know, I think about that story, and obviously this is another documentary that we I don't want to like, you know, talk about here, but you know the. What's her name? Amanda Knox thing. Oh, yeah. You know, it's like there's this crime. It's it's sensationalized first. Mm-hmm. Then you try to get the facts straight and everybody's projecting that sensation onto the facts. Yeah. I feel like you see these people. Wow, this could be the I mean, look at the way they're walking. They're almost like early man. Exactly. And then it's like, let's try to figure that out. And now we're trying to prove that they're early man instead of just being like, did you check the cerebellum? You know, yeah, maybe exactly. maybe that's where it is because they're they're not they don't have their balance. You know. Yeah, nobody nobody ever checked anything, and they didn't even try to have them walk normally. They just kind of let them to their you know. Yeah. Wow. Well, it sounds like maybe they didn't have access to the best you know sort of people. Yeah, I mean that that, that was question. part of it for sure. But yeah, I yeah. I thought it was very interesting. So just, it was. It, you, you, we don't have a rating system. This isn't Siskel and Ebert. We don't have a rating system. No. Now, but, but you liked it. I liked it, and I think from all of the documentaries that that like you know that have this format, I thought this was one of the more intriguing ones. Yeah. Because usually, like you say, they present this huge mystery at the beginning, and then you just figure it out in the first five minutes. Right. You know, you figure out it's all blown out of proportion. Well, and you then... feel you see them manipulating you to believe mm-hmm. it. Like, and, and the thing that they do often in those things, they'll have some quote-unquote expert, mm-hmm. and he'll be like, I knew it, it could have been 500 years old and the first Giglio Tepe temple of the day. <laughs> and then they're like, underneath it says like, uh, you know, novice expert or assistant professor of history at fucking grab my dick college. You know, like you're like, what? You know, but if you're just watching it, you're like, oh, that guy's an expert. He must be, you know, he's talking with a British accent loudly. Mm -hmm. He must be somebody. (laughs) Must know something. No, it's some guy off the street who, you know, wants to make you believe something. But anyways, well, that sounds interesting. Yeah. So definitely go watch it if you're interested in stuff like that. There's a lot of really cool like evolutionary science presented in that documentary and did you, you where, where did you watch this was this on netflix was youtube this... oh free. youtube there you go Perfect. the family that walks on all fours so we will switch now um let's do it yeah i'm interested in that i've heard about that documentary i haven't watched it though yeah so we're recording this on the eve of the oscars Mm-hmm. Uh, this is actually Oscar Sunday. It hasn't happened. Pre-Oscar party. This is our pre-Oscar party. Chin chin. Um, and so I wanted to do the 13th because I really, like when it comes to documentaries, I don't really know a more important movie to watch right now. So I figured I should just awesome. out, outside the gate, right out the gate, just be like, go see this movie, the 13th. It's on Netflix. If you haven't seen it yet, if you're listening to this podcast, you've probably already seen it because... It's really one of the the you know hottest doc right now on mm-hmm. uh, out there, but yeah, it's just a very important movie. So um, I'm so curious. I'm kind of kind of mad that I get to listen to you talk about it and not watch it myself. But well, that's the thing. I guess we should warn people that like <laughs> this is a huge uh, spoiler alert here. You know, for both these documentaries. You know, I mean, oh, you're sure. gonna, but at the same time, I'm thinking maybe it would 
maybe get people to go watch them? I don't know. What yeah, do I mean, we're not giving out all the information about it. We're not doing a freaking synopsis, extended treatment on right. on these films. We're just... We're just so, presenting our opinion. Absolutely. And so if you haven't seen the 13th, go see it. Then come listen to this. Or, you know, Menace, what is it? Menace is at all four? Fam- <laughs> the family that walks on all, all fours. fours. I mean, um, uh, you know, that that is really not... I'm not spoiling anything for you guys. So watch that and uh, be yeah. enthralled. So the 13th. This is an incredible movie. It's by Ava DuVernay. I think I'm saying her name right. Yep. Um... And this is why I say I don't think it would matter if you've seen it or not listening to this because the way she makes this film is just so cinematic. I mean, a lot of times documentaries can be very kind of dry mm-hmm. and, you know, not a lot of, like, the visuals aren't necessarily the most breathtaking. This really is. I mean, she oh, the way okay. she edits the footage, the music, the comp- composing, the just the use of images against sound, you know, mm-hmm. is just really up there with anybody. She's a master. She's a great filmmaker. For she sure. is. And, you know, I came to her, you know, this is the podcast isn't so much you know, about the filmmaking side of it. That being said, I feel like with this, you can't ignore it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, you know, her her movie Selma, I thought was the one, of, if not my favorite movie that year, you know, that it came out. Yeah. yeah. I thought she just that did such amazing. an amazing job with a story that maybe you've heard about before, but hadn't heard about it that way. You know, because I was coming into it, you know, knowing a lot about Martin Luther King Jr., but I wasn't necessarily, you know, I didn't know so much exactly about this issue, the Voting mm-hmm. Rights Act, and, you know, how he pushed for that to happen. So, and all that with the backdrop of Selma, you know? Yeah. So I just thought she did such an amazing job on her first film that this is going to be me basically blowing air up her ass this whole <laughs> so um she did such an amazing job the 13th is about the 13th amendment that, that maybe people don't know about i don't know about i'm new to this country so gabby's a new immigrant we will educate her on this i'm obviously not a historian or somebody i'm just a i'm just a doc fan man you know <laughs> i'm just a doc fan. all right man all right so um the 13th amendment abolished slavery oh. in the country okay mm-hmm. um but with the exception of somebody committed of a crime, convicted of a crime. Okay, that's that makes the, sense. That's the only exception for slavery, right? Oh, so you can still be a slave if you committed a crime or what? I don't... Essentially, what? that's what, what? It's, that's basically the loophole. But it's wow. on paper, it doesn't sound so bad. You're like, oh, you can't take somebody's rights away. You can't imprison them, right? Mm-hmm. Unless they're... Unless they're a criminal, basically, is what it kind of looks like on paper. But what it's been... It's so weird. <laughs> but it's been exploited. Yeah, it is weird. It should be in nobody. You, you shouldn't... Just because you're in prison, you shouldn't have your rights taken away from you. You know, yeah. you're still a citizen. And we still have, you know, uh, civil rights in this country, you know, for uh-huh. everybody. All men created equal. It doesn't say except for prisoners. So it's still... This is still happening or what? This right. Is- so what basically what the film chronicles is how at the abolishment of slavery at the passage of the 13th amendment basically the power systems in this country shifted from you know exploiting human labor you know free human slave labor Mm -hmm. to finding another loophole of exploiting people and specifically black people in this country Uh 
through systems of, you know, the justice system, right? The oh, crime and punishment. Oh, now I see. So now they're using, instead of using, you know, the word slave or the N-word or something, they're calling them low-income people. They're, you know, they're targeting criminals, quote-unquote, mm -hmm. get tough on crime. So this is why people work in prisons for two dollars a week or right so much. so it takes you through that whole process of how that happened and it talks to people you know former presidents people who you know have been inside to see these things and how in the modern era we've shifted from we've shifted slavery in its old form into this new form of exploitation and and persecution you know especially yeah. around black people you know mm -hmm. it's it's been focused at them and they've been on the receiving end of this since the abolishment of slavery and it's still happening today the things the policies you're seeing that the trump administration and everybody put through it mm -hmm. wants to go back to you know it's straight out of the playbook from that old way oh, you know the the anytime you hear something like we need to get tough on crime Okay. There's this code for we need to Go be back. racist oh. and target minority people, you know. Oh, wow. So it, it's extremely heartbreaking. And I'm, I'm sorry, I don't mean to like white mansplain this whole thing. But this is like really important. And I feel like the first podcast, the best thing I could do is to, you know, tell people yeah. to watch this. For sure. Um, I mean, I, I, I don't know much about it at all. So. My opinion is it should be required viewing for anybody in this country to be a citizen like you should have to watch this documentary because it's they don't teach you this in school you they know? don't no they don't talk about the 13th they, they, the way they what? the way they teach you right about slavery is it there was slavery and it ended <laughs> and this is why people wow are going like this is why you know trump voters and people in certain areas of the country are going like Stop calling me racist. I ain't racist. Because they don't think they are. They thought slavery ended and like, get over it. It's over. It didn't end. It's not over. It's oh been still happening. It's just the same stuff. So That is so fucked up. That's why. Because we've been miseducated. So my point is that if they were showing this documentary in schools and teaching children like, hey, look, this is still happening. We're living the legacy of this awful, awful thing that happened. And we need to address it and learn from it and, and not feel guilty for what people do because that doesn't really help anybody. No. But feel sad and, and compassionate and let's but move forward together. And yeah, and responsible. And, and how do you fit into this context? Yeah. You know, that's it's so important to have conversations about that. So I'm just really, I'm really grateful that she made this film, you know, because I think it's... Uh, you know, definitely a something that a tool that could be used to help have these conversations happening, especially for, like I said, for white people who grew up thinking slavery ended and it's over and then it's not happening anymore. That just ended and everybody's equal now. It's like, no. Yeah, I mean, not. that was the impression I had when I came to this country. I was like, why is this still talk about slavery and things like that? And then I realized there's just a huge amount of discrimination still going on yeah and it's just so incredibly sad like more than any other places i've seen and obviously in europe there's a lot of discrimination but people don't really go out wielding guns and shooting each other and all that so it doesn't seem so 
out there and so violent and you know but see that's what but see you just hit on something that i think a lot of people think i'm not mm -hmm. racist i haven't hung anybody yeah no but that's not what racism is racism isn't always so clear and again i i'm a white guy i'm whiter than fuck <laughs> like you know you, like i'm like the last person to be talking about this we should have somebody else on but i mean it's like you know all i can say is that this film explains it perfectly but i will say this i'm somebody with a voice and i'm going to use it so i'm going to say that that's the thing is racism isn't just overt violence it's not overt expletive yeah. words it's giving taking away someone's power taking away someone's economic access mm -hmm. taking away someone's civil rights harassing them you know exponentially more you know like why is this person getting pulled over if you ask anybody who's black you know especially black males in regards to this specific thing getting pulled over while you're driving although mm -hmm. it happens to black females just as much it happens all the time to them like if I've, I've gotten pulled over like once in my life yeah, you know what i mean so it's like yeah. you know we've had experiences like you know sorry i'm kind of all over the place but the point is like i think like right now is kind of a wake up for a lot of things happening in this country and that a lot of things have been happening mm -hmm. and this this documentary is a great tool for that but i think one of the things that white people are waking up to is like they've been you know people Color, people of color have been living with this reality forever in, it, yeah. in this country and we're just now waking up to it which is sad but it is. it's necessary and at least it's happening now um and i think this documentary really shows that you know and that it's not the overt racism it's the systematic switching between slavery to criminal quote-unquote criminal justice you mm -hmm. know so now we have like something like, oh man, I wish I had the stats up right now. It's like 25% of the world's, let's, let's, let's get the accurate number here. Sorry, I'm just going to pull this up. Where is it? Colin and his stats. Oh shoot. It's, we have this, some crazy number of the world's criminal, uh, you know, um, prison population. Oh yeah, yeah, that that I know, that I yeah. I heard of. Like, it just unbelievable. So, here it is. Uh, has five percent of the world's population, but twenty-five percent of the people in the world who are incarcerated. Wow. So of, That's yeah, nuts. of the whole more world. than China. Yeah. That is crazy. So why would that be? Why would that be? Beats me. These dudes, white dudes in power, who made money off slave labor, did not want it to end. They weren't going to give it up. They're still not giving it up. They need people, ex you know, marginalized. That's yeah. what they need. They, they don't, when everybody's equal, they don't get to be exorbitantly wealthy. And that's got to change. Yeah. So, anyways... I don't want to, you know, go on my uh, TED talk here about, you know, <laughs> yeah. but at the same time, like I said, I, I wanted to take a chance to talk about the most important things. You know, if I started with, you know, a documentary of like, hey, check out, you know, this documentary on blue balls, 
it's mm -hmm. not, you know, I'm going to yeah. feel like I'm wasting somebody's time. I mean, which is important. It's those things are important too, you know, like, yeah, no, but I get it. Like I totally, I, just, I figured I might as well start with the most important and work my way down to blue balls, you know, definitely. So how does she present the stories? Is she interviews people? She yeah. Interviews well, that, that's, that's the really thing is like really interesting thing. And, and, um, like you okay so you hear this documentary you would think okay well she's probably gonna have um professor of Af african-american studies she'll probably have like you know a former you know like somebody under the clinton administration or something mm -hmm. you know like people that sort of are talking about this yeah. but i think what's really cool about what she the way she did this is she talks to people like she talks to republicans oh, who, who agree who who admit it Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. Like, she talked to Newt Gingrich, hmm. who's, like, you know, Trump's henchman during the election, you know? like, mm -hmm. And he was like, yeah, this is what's happening. Wow. You know? And then it was, in, I mean, of course, she interviewed, like, Grover Nordquist, who is this lobbyist for Republican causes, who's just, like, anti-regulate, you know, don't deregulate everything. You know, he, he, like, made the whole, every Republican sign this paper. He's like this nerd. He's like, sign my papers thing. You'll never, you'll never raise taxes. Sign it. And so he does that, and everybody signs it. And then he's like, if you break from it, we'll vote you out. Like he's this angry. Oh my whatever. god, accountant. Yeah. Jeez. And whatever he. But what's interesting is, I feel like you put a camera on anybody long enough, their true colors kind of shine out. Mm -hmm. And she kind of does that in this. She interviews him and. You can hear her off camera. He's going like, well, I mean, Democrats did this. And he's just making it a part. She's like trying to not be partisan. But she's like, because it's, there's not a, it's not a partisan issue. I mean, obviously, one party is perpetuating it way more. Mm -hmm. But it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be a partisan thing, you know? Yeah. Like, it should be a truth thing. Yeah. A um, human thing. Yeah. So she's not approaching it from like, because Democrat, she, that's what she points to. It's like Clinton, so much of it happened under Clinton. There are forces mm -hmm. in this country that are happening, forcing this to happen yeah, no, no matter, matter who's, who's president. Power. Yeah, it happened mm -hmm. under Obama. And so she, she really makes a great case for that. He couldn't resist himself, this Grover Norquist guy. Oh. And it's funny because at some it. point she, he goes like, you hear her off camera and he's like, he's going, well, it was them. It was Democrats. And she's like, Oh, Grover. <laughs> oh, my God. Like you hear her off screen, so <laughs> it's funny. But, um, yeah, so she presents it with these really great interviews and just amazing, heartbreaking footage, you know, from just... And, and, and you can find it online, actually. The last kind of clip of that movie is this insane, like, juxtaposition of racist people in the South harassing... A black man who's just walking down the street oh, with the words of Donald Trump. Oh no! This is the footage is from the fifties, and it just goes hand in hand. It's like the perfect marriage of image and sound, where you just go like, "Oh my god!" And so she draws this this perfect thread between the whole thing, and it's just wrenching. I mean, I dare you not to cry at the end of this movie. I mm. was in tears. I was rolling on the floor, you know, Man. in a puddle of my own filth. Um, it's really heartbreaking, but I, I really think it's it's eye-opening and great. So, I, anyways, I... Um, yeah, it sounds like it. Oh, my selling God. Selling it the best I can here. But, 
And I hope it gets an Oscar, so we'll see, you know. That's it probably will. Today's I mean, day. If it doesn't, then I'm probably done with the Oscars. That's where I... Oh, that's I've been done with the that. Oscars for a long time, but uh, I think they will, you know, after the Oscars so white debacle last year. I feel like this year are going to try to make up for it as much as they can. I mean... Well, I mean, they should do it because it's the best documentary. That being said, I still need to see some of the other ones, mm -hmm. but this is an American award show, and... There is no, in my opinion, there is no more important issue to be discussed in America right now Definitely. than what this documentary is about. So, well, like you said, it's just it's just so sad that finally everybody's waking up to this horrendous reality that black people have been living in this country, yeah. you know, under shadows or I don't know, you know, mm -hmm. due to ignorance and lack of education and. To me, that's the most ridiculous thing, what you said earlier about not learning about this in school. I mean, yeah. it just seems like some sort of brainwashing. I, I don't like conspiracy theories, but this is just awful. Well, because I think, I mean, part of it is waking up to what the government is really about. You know, people want to believe that the government's protecting them or that they're always on the right side of history. or they're, And it's like history, the government doesn't change anything. The people change stuff. You know, the people, That's true. the people force the government to change, you know, mm -hmm. the government's like not the first one to do anything, you know, yeah. like people got the Voting Rights Act because Martin Luther King and all those people in the Took civil the rights, streets, yeah, in the yeah. civil rights movement did what they did, you know, not because mm -hmm. the government was, you know, they'll sit in the status quo until people are, you know, burning the White House down. So, That's true. you know, it's like, I think people, especially people that have you know had privileges and not had to worry about these things mm -hmm. they want to believe the government's looking out for them and that that this was all fine and that you know slavery ended why do i have to keep thinking about this you know i'm yeah. i'm guilty of it too i didn't know that this this i mean i had seen and you know since maybe in the last 10 years everybody's been talking a lot about criminal justice reform and, mm -hmm. and that like you know there's there's a lot of this obviously a disproportionate amount of black people uh being arrested than white people you know Definitely. and being harassed by the cops i was aware of that i was not aware of how institutionally and systematically this was being done yeah and charged with minor crimes and consciously yeah because there's private in private prisons are the perfect example of that which is something that is being brought back out mm -hmm. now that we have a new president so we're in the heat of it right now and that's the epitome of what it's 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 slavery yeah your people are making money because someone's getting locked up they're getting their freedom taken away so it's uh she ties a, a perfect line to that but and that's what and that's what i'm saying so i'm i'm guilty of the ignorance as much as anyone else you know and mm -hmm. people need to know that it's not just about you know economics or, you know, it's like, okay, well, I get that, like, there's this history of racism that excludes people from economic opportunity that pushes them into, like, a place where they're maybe more likely to get involved in crime or something for income or, you know, like, minor mm -hmm. crimes and, you know, things like that that they end up getting put in jail for. It's not just that. Yeah. No, it's consciously, you know, targeting people. And consciously, sort of, when you look at how much people get locked up for, what they get locked up for, it's racist. Yeah. It's, been, it's, it's nobody's fault but the system and people that allow the system to do it. So, 
anyways, that's my uh, rant on that. <laughs> um, thank you for listening to it, and uh, I hope you'll go out. Note. <laughs> I hope you'll go out and see this movie. It's very touching and, and really, really important, and it's just beautiful. Mm -hmm. the, the The soundtrack, the images, really just top notch. Oh, I'm definitely gonna go watch it now. Yeah. yeah. So that's our episode for today. Wow, I mean, is we're it already at, over? Yeah, I mean, we're at 48 minutes. Ooh. So, I mean, you know. I think we did pretty good. Yeah, I think so, too. High five. High five. Episode one complete. Uh, we're only going to get better. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We're here every week. Yeah, we're going to do this every week. And uh, definitely, f if you want, follow me on Twitter. My name is at colin underscore blair colin with two l's and we're probably gonna have a twitter for our podcast as well aren't we yeah but for in the meantime where can people find you uh i don't have a twitter <laughs> <laughs> okay they can find you here every week yeah uh, you can also find me on instagram at colin blair um but in the meantime this has been suck my doc i uh, hope you enjoyed it suck my doc i love that name and uh, we will see you next week. Have a good week. Have a good week. Happy docking. <laughs> and happy Oscars. Yeah. Suck. My dock. Suck. My dock. <laughs>